This is the Town Roots Podcast, episode number eight. Welcome to the Town Roots Podcast, the podcast of, about, and for Oakland. No matter if you live in the town, do business here, or are visiting, we have something for you. And now, your hosts, Anthony Wilson and Vincent Hayes. So excited to have Viva from No Immigrants, No Spice join us today. Hi, Viva. How are you? I'm great. So happy to be here. Thank you. Great. Love what you're doing with your nonprofit and uh, just really wanted to have you on to talk about it, learn more about it, share all the great things that, that, that you're doing. So tell us a little bit about No, no Immigrants, No Spice and how you got started. Sure. So No Immigrants, No Spice is a 501c3 nonprofit and it has evolved from basically me selling t-shirts that say no immigrants, no spice and donating the profits to immigrant rights initiatives into what it is now, which is essentially functioning as a community hub where we focus on targeted campaigns that are affecting the East Bay community in which we live. Um, I will say the, the nonprofit started in 2016, right after Trump was elected. There's a lot of things going on that were really difficult for me personally to digest. There was, you know, the Muslim ban, there was all this hateful rhetoric filling the airwaves and, and the TV and radio. And, you know, the, the tipping point was seeing all of these migrant children being put in cages. And for me, myself as a physician, I just couldn't, that was the breaking point. I just felt like, okay, there's only so much Netflix and wine I can indulge in. And now I want to do something, you know, take my anger and frustration and funnel it into something more positive. And I believe in psychology, they call that sublimation. Um, and yeah, so basically it came from a pretty angry, dark place and now has turned into something that's really beautiful, um, and, and wonderful. And so pre-pandemic, we were doing live events focused on different issues that are happening in the community, but all centered around food. Because our, at our very ethos, what we believe in is that the one thing all people across the political spectrum can agree upon is food. And, and we like to say, like, really difficult issues are more digestible when you're sharing them over a plate of food, eating something delicious and talking about something difficult. That's awesome. I, uh, I I really think that this is is very needed uh, during this time, and it's so important that um, you're able to be a voice and a vehicle to to advocate for those that can't. And so I'm so excited about it. But I, I'm really like uh, intrigued by how how you got that married together with spices, uh, and and how you're able to put the two together and make it function. Yeah. Um- Thank you. It's, yeah, I think, so like, so the the name itself, where where it was inspired from was Trevor Noah's skit um, from Son of Patricia. So he says in it, he's going, he's doing this bit and he's talking about, well, if you hate immigrants, you're not allowed to eat their food. All you're allowed to eat is cold potatoes, no salt, just potatoes, because without immigrants, you don't have any spice. And so he's like playfully talking about, you know, the spice trade and, you know, how wars were fought over different spices throughout the centuries. Um, but really he's highlighting the fact that 
and, and that stuck with me in a really base way. It's like, yeah, you don't, you don't like immigrants. You don't get to eat tacos. You don't get to have pizza. You don't get to uh, have Chinese food. You don't get sushi. Um, you don't get to just have the, the nice parts that you don't just get to pick and choose the parts of culture that you want to embrace. Like you need to go deeper. So what's beneath the, the story of your favorite takeout place? Who is making that food? Where, how did they come here? What, what did they have to overcome and how are they making it happen? I think these are really interesting stories that are reflective of what I think most of us think of as being truly American, you know, like overcoming obstacles, grit and hard work. And that that's something that is very common in, in any of these stories that we feature and, and talk and the people that we talk to. So I, I think what it really is about is, flipping the narrative on its head because the narrative like when you if you google immigration you're just gonna have so many negative things come up in your google search bar and what's needed is what i believe is the true story here which is you know people coming people moving places because they're looking to do something with their lives or they're people who are entrepreneurs and they're innovating and they're hardworking and they want better for their families, which is what everybody wants. So, yeah. Sounds so interesting. So tell me this, you know, I, I sort of listening to that story, what came to mind to me was, you know, what's the most interesting thing that you've learned, um, you know, through this journey, either about yourself or just about the community or about, you know, starting a nonprofit kind of, you know, what, what, you know, if you look back, what, what did you learn or what do you know now, know today that you didn't know when you first started? Oh, <laughs> that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, I could answer it in so many different ways. I mean, for me personally, I didn't know how to throw a major event and all of the like pieces that go into it like you can't just throw a 500 person event without talking to the police the fire department this the person who controls the sound permits uh all of the like nitty-gritty of throwing a big event i didn't know how to make a website i didn't know how to take photographs properly um i've learned a lot about like social media and event planning that i never had any training in in medical school obviously um Mm -hmm. because my full-time job is as an emergency physician Um, but I'd say within the actual work itself, I, and there's so many, you know, what I, I, I think I can say is that underneath the veneer of all these people that you interact with in small ways, getting your coffee, picking up your favorite at your favorite takeout place, like just beneath the surface, there can be so much profound trauma Mm. and, you know, I, I'm just thinking about a chef I just did a photo shoot with who is Ethiopian and God, she's beautiful. I mean, this woman is just a gorgeous person, like both physically and just the way she presents herself as a, as a person, she's super charismatic and well-spoken. And, you know, you just, then she's in the same breath as she's talking about how much she loves cooking for people and representing her country. She's talking about the genocide that's happening in the Tigray region of Ethiopia and how she's lost many family members. And, you know, we're, she's five seconds before she's smiling, like showing this plate of food. And then 
there's just a crack and I'm, and I realize, like, Oh my God, like there is so much here. And this is, this is not uncommon. You know, I feel like every person I meet from Guatemala or Honduras has a really tough story, especially right now. Patients I see, but not just that, like people I interact with, there's just so much pro so much suffering that people have gone through and yet so much resilience. I feel this is a really resilient community. And I think that's what I've learned is that, you know, there's a lot of people are really strong. A lot of the immigrants that I meet and talk with are just really amazing people to have overcome what they've overcome and still be able to work full jobs and take care of families and take care of people back home. That's awesome. So uh, earlier uh, when you were describing uh, No Immigrants, No Spice, uh, you were talking about live events that you do or you put together. Uh, Can you kind of tell us about uh, some of the events that you've done and kind of maybe what you have planned for the future? Sure. Yeah. You know, before COVID, it was like every couple of months we'd do something either we had started with small events, like taking over different bars in San Francisco and in Oakland and you know, selling t-shirts and guest bartending, doing all kinds of things that put all of us out of our comfort zones. Um, But the big event that we did was, it was called Barbecue Without Borders. And what it was, was bringing together five different immigrant chefs from uh, from Iran, Argentina, uh, Mexico, India, and Indonesia. And the event was centered around barbecue. So each of those chefs interpretation of barbecue. So like no hot dogs, no hamburgers. It was, you know, Indonesian flash fried fish and Iranian uh, sweet and sour pomegranate molasses, chicken wings and barbacoa tacos. And so we had this like incredible food. And then an extension of the chef's stories was played out on stage with different types of music and dance um, an interactive art exhibit and, and the chefs also got a chance to be on a panel. So that was a really cool event. It sold out. There was the mayor of Oakland came, it made the SF Chronicle and it was, it was just a wonderful event because it was very needed, this space to celebrate immigration. Um, and that was cool. And we got to raise $12,000 that we donated to the National Immigrant Justice Center and Pangea Legal Services. And, and then we were in plans to have it the next year. You know, everyone, there's all this buzz and all these people, when are we going to have it next? Like, I, I want to be a big part of it. And then the pandemic hit. So, you know, now as more and more people are getting vaccinated and things are normalizing, I'm actually starting to think about 2022 and doing another big event and I'm not totally sure what it will be but since right now we're our campaign I'll tell you about it in a bit but you know our campaign this month is focused on pride LGBTQ issues it really got me thinking about hashtag drag without borders (laughs) interesting I don't I don't know I don't know what it'll look like but I was like (laughs) I feel like this has to happen (laughs) (laughs) so is that the next event is that is that that what's coming up well that's the next there is a tentative live event uh and probably it would be in the spring or maybe summer of 2022 um Mm -hmm. but starting today actually we're launching 
our next campaign, which is, it's all online. It's a social media campaign. Okay. Okay. Well, tell us about that. Yeah. So that is called hashtag spicy pride. So uh, June is LGBTQ pride month. It's also um, June is also national immigrant heritage month. And so we're combining the two into what we call spicy pride. So we're focusing on the stories of six different Oakland based chefs and business folks. And um, so we have, basically we did a big photo shoot and interviews and we're putting together all these graphics about these different stories and how the interplay of LGBTQ identity often overlays or is in conflict with one's immigrant identity. And it has played out in really interesting ways in each chef. And these are chefs from like Oakland favorites. So like Miss Ollie's, so Sarah Kernan from Miss Ollie's. Um, We have Sana Jaberi Kadri from Diaspora Co. We have um, Sam and Winter from Third Culture Bakery. We have Andres from Wooden Table Bakery. We have like all these different folks who you've probably tried out their restaurants in one way or another. And this is a way to get to know them on a deeper level. So that's what we're doing. And then we're, so that's the stories behind the campaign. And then we're raising money for the National Immigrant Justice Center's LGBT Immigrant Rights Initiative. It's a a big mouthful, but what it is is a a wing of this major organization that's focused just on LGBT issues in the immigrant community, and they do amazing work. So we're super excited to partner with them. Cool. So we'll definitely, you know, put a link to um, to your campaign in the show notes for this episode. So we'll definitely, you know, want to get that from you. Awesome. Thank you. Now, I know in a, in a prior conversation, you talked about how this has become a community hub. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So what it is, is it's just a way to respond to issues that are happening in the community. So, for example, um, right when the pandemic hit, there was all this talk about, um, what do you call it? The I can't remember the name of it, um, but basically the government was giving out stimulus, the stimulus checks, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And who was exempt from the stimulus checks? Undocumented immigrants. So many of the folks who are holding up the backbone of our, of the local economy were exempt from getting any type of money to stay in their houses, to take care of their families. So we partnered with a local organization called Calma and with them, uh, we and a restaurant called Chingones, which is in downtown Oakland out of the Fort Green Bar. Um, we basically focused on undocumented restaurant workers in our online campaign. And we raised money to help keep to raise uh, we raised money f- to um, supply rent money for some of the workers at Chingones at that restaurant. And so that was kind of a partnership that evolved out of conversations with people who were just, who just reached out and were like, Chingones, Myra from Chingones was like, yeah, we're struggling. And I had this connection with Calma and we were like, let's all work together and like forge and use our networks to kind of work together and raise this money. And it was awesome. It worked really well. And then we did something similar with um, the community of CAFF. So it's California Association of Family Farmers. I always Mm -hmm. get the acronym wrong, but Again, they have 
we were focusing on um, farmers that often are immigrant farmers or undocumented farmers that are small farmers and raising money to support them because, again, they were exempt from stimulus money. Um, these small family farms were not getting the support that, you know, mega farms were getting mm-hmm. and maybe didn't need. So it all just kind of evolves out of small, conver- you know, just conversations. Often it's just someone hitting me up on Instagram and saying, you know, we need to support this person and then trying to find those connections um, within this community that's kind of growing. That's awesome. Awesome. So uh, let me ask you a quick question. Why did you decide to do this in Oakland? Because I physically am in Oakland. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) Well, I think it's more than that. So I work in Oakland and Richmond in the emergency department. And so many of the people that I simultaneously while I was starting this nonprofit, I was seeing many patients coming in much sicker and much later out of fear because there's a lot of fear in the community about immigrations and custom enforcement coming and doing raids in the hospitals. Um, that was something that was very real at in the beginning of this nonprofit. And so naturally I was just trying, I was thinking about my patients and feeling kind of helpless because in the ER, you know, you can stop a hemorrhage or, you know, suture someone up, but you don't really get to the root of many of the problems, which often are social issues. And so this felt like a natural, in some ways, a natural connection, because how can I help some of my patients that I, that I otherwise feel helpless? Well, this nonprofit might do something there. Um, and then Oakland is just amazing because, man, there's so many different good places to eat and such a variety and diversity of businesses and, and food places. Like I, I lived in New York city right before this, I was in the East village and in park slope before that. Um, and I feel like in Oakland, you get everything Now, people from New York might hate on me for saying that, but I, I really do. I think in a small city like this, there's so many different people from different places that are making amazing food. So It's just been an easy place to do this kind of work. There's so many cool chefs here from all over the world. Okay. Very nice. So one of the other uh, questions that we typically ask uh, people that we interview is about how the, the pandemic caused them to pivot or do something different with their organization or their business. Uh, did you experience um, uh, or did you have to uh, change kind of your business model or the way that you've uh, reached people uh, in, in your efforts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were... When the pandemic hit, I was in the process of planning three other events, one of which was like a performance art installation in front of the ICE detention center in San Francisco. I mean, it was like there was like all of these live events that we had planned and just had to stop um, and pivot completely to social media. And that was a real change. We, I mean, prior to the pandemic, I really wasn't doing much social media. I was just kind of, you know, throwing up posts of food every once in a while. And now, now since the pandemic, I'm working very closely with a, a graphic designer and a photographer. And, and that's the core of our team at this time. It's just three of us doing all of it. So it's been good and bad. Uh, bad because everybody wants to eat food in real life, <laughs> but good because it, forced us to really hone in on the messaging and and to realize that social media really is 
an incredibly powerful tool for good or bad. It's powerful. So it's been a big pivot. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because I think that your answer to that question is so similar to everyone else that we talk to, right? I mean, there are things that the pandemic made them do that they never thought about doing, but then learned that they probably should have been doing some of those things all along. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, hey, Fibba, thank you so much for your time. Uh, right before we wrap up, how can people find you? Okay. Thank you for asking. So you can either find us on social media, mostly on Instagram. So it's at no immigrants, no spice. Uh, or if you just want to check us out on our website, it's www.noimmigrantsnospice.org. That's the easiest way to hit us up. And then there's all the links to our contact there. So if you want to send me an email uh, or if you want to just drop a message, I'd love to read it. Reach out if you're interested or want to work with us. Awesome. That's great. We definitely will include the link to your website and the link to your, um, to your next campaign uh, in the show notes for this episode. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for doing this and for featuring us. We really are honored to be a part of it. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for, uh, for your time. Yeah. You. And especially sharing your, your message and your story with us. It's, it's very powerful. And so we're just, we're just happy to, to, to meet you and understand what you're doing. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening to the Town Roots Podcast. For more information about the show, to leave comments and connect with the hosts, head over to www.townroots.com.